Welcome into a special edition of the Future Sox podcast. My name is Elijah Evans, and I am joined today by 2023 White Sox draft pick Edric Felix. It's good to have you. Um, Edric is coming off of his uh, his first professional stint with the White Sox, played uh, at Florida Gulf Coast, was drafted in the 14th round, and then got to play in 21 games between rookie ball and Canapolis last season uh, in his first summer within the organization. Heads into 2024 um, for his first professional season. So how's it going? Great, great. Thank you for having me. It's, yeah, we appreciate you coming on. Awesome. Uh, well, we'll start it off with this. You know, so you you grew up in Puerto Rico. You were born and raised uh, there, and then you made your way over to the states for high school ball and then for college. So, what was kind of the beginning of your baseball journey in Puerto Rico, and how did you become, um, you know, interested in baseball at, at such a young point in your life? So, baseball in Puerto Rico is a huge thing, and it also is a huge thing in my family. Um, so it, it all started with my dad being the coach, the traditional having my dad as a coach and just basically he taught me everything I know, everything I know. And when it comes to hitting or fielding to this day, I even call him and I'm like, dad, I don't, I don't know what's going on or, or maybe he can tell me little things to make me feel better. But, um, yeah, he, growing up, it was always a family thing. He taught me everything I know, um, just the baseball environment in Puerto Rico is it's electric. Everybody screams, everybody brings instruments to the field. I love it. But I mean, it's just a huge thing in Puerto Rico. And, and then just coming into Florida, just having that same gamer mentality and, and that excitement, I just brought it with me to Florida. Yeah, 100%. I think from everybody I've talked to, it seems like the culture of baseball in Puerto Rico is, is really special. Um, I would love to get out there and see it eventually myself. Um, what was a, what was the decision like to come over to the States initially? Um, and kind of what was that like for your family and just for your life being making that choice to come over to the States and, and pursue baseball at the next level? So it, all, it, it was all on on my parents' decision. They, they even talked to us before we even moved to me and my sister. And first day they said, hey, we're going to take this sacrifice. We're going to move to Florida because we didn't have any families in Florida. It was just going to be us by ourselves. And they said, we want the best for you guys, for your future. We want you guys to go to college. We want you guys to to, to have better things because in Puerto Rico, there's not much that we can do after we graduate high school. So it was that they they took that decision and, and it was a tough decision in the beginning because I first moved with my mom, so my dad is stay in Puerto Rico and wait for his transfer for his job. Yeah. So every and then not having him in in Florida when we first moved in, obviously he's the the mentor that I have for baseball. He's the guy that I always he's always next to me when it comes to baseball. So not having him, it was a tough tough first year, but he always motivated me. I talked to him every night on the phone. And he even told me, hey, you're the man of the house. Take care of your sister. Take care of your mom. Um, so I, that kind of helped me to mature a little bit as a person and to even have that mentality of not, I'm not going to have my dad all the time in the baseball field. So I'm going to figure out the ways that I can get better, or maybe like fix some mistakes that I have by myself. Yeah, it sounds like you almost were missing, you know, two figures, not only your dad, but your coach, too. It was, it was two people in one that you just didn't have at that early stage. So that's a obviously a hard transition during that time. What was a so you started at, at Juco, right at College of Central Florida, and then you moved over to Florida Gulf Coast. What was the experience like playing at the Juco level and then having the experience to kind of move up the college levels? Um. Well, so going into Juco, I, I feel like I that was the best decision I ever made in my life. 
Um, I had other I had other options to either go to D one or even go to another school, but twenty twenty was my graduation year, so it was COVID year. So much of those big schools they didn't have much money to to offer for scholarship, and it was tough because I I want to help out my family and just not making them pay for 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 school. And so JUCO was a good route for me to not pay for school, play from the start and. College Central Florida just received me with open arms and they were like, hey, we want you, we want you to get better and we're going to help you with everything. So going into CF was a huge and great decision I made. And I'll say that playing in JUCO is harder than playing in Division One, wow. just because preparation was very different. You don't have any scouting report on the picture. You don't have any scouting report coming in with the, the teams because they have different teams every year. So I would say that Juco was definitely very hard, but I loved it because everybody had the same grind mentality that they wanted to make it to the next level. Right. That's that's cool you say that because it's it's I don't think people think of JUCO often that way, but I know it's like you're you're right. There, there's not the same resources that you have at the higher level schools. So you you kind of are coming in just having to be the best baseball player you can be without as much knowledge into it. Um and then, you know, you went on to, to Florida Gulf Coast. And for those who are not aware of this, you absolutely dominated there. Um, I'll say it for you. You know, you 25 home runs in your sophomore season, just just unbelievable season all around um, when you were there. What was uh, what was that experience like? And was, you know, I know you said it was maybe even easier, but what was the what did the time there kind of teach you and get you prepped for going into the professional level? So it wasn't easier. It was still like a hard grind. Right, of work as hard, but I did feel more comfortable in a way that like I said, like there was more time, more more resources for me to even prepare myself when it comes to a weekend series or getting to know the other team. It was a lot. I had a lot of info coming into the game, so I, I felt more comfortable. And also, there was a bunch of seniors that were there for five, six years because of COVID. So they kind of also helped me in a way. They kind of like teach me how Division One was, how the travel was going to be, how the long series was going to be, how the ranking position, all that works. So we we all had the same, the same goal, which was winning the conference. And I would say preparation was key, especially the coaches also helped me. They were like, hey, we, we want you to work on all speeds. So we will have a bunch of machines set up as uh, for offbeats, lefty, righty. Um, like I said, they had a bunch of resources that I can use and prepare myself basically for anything. So I, I would say that that helped me a lot and also my teammates making me feel comfortable coming in as a yeah. new yeah, completely. Utilizing what you have there to to just work on your game to the best of your abilities. Um, so at towards the end of the season, what was kind of the lead up to the draft process? And just you know, everybody I've talked to within the organization, you know, the the draft process is is a lot, right? It can be super stressful. You have no idea when you're going to go. You're talking to different teams. It can just be all over the place. So what was your draft experience like uh, leading up to the White Sox taking you in the fourteenth? So first of all, I was blessed that the White Sox um, gave me the opportunity, and also like having my dream job which was playing baseball but I mean it was it was a tough it was tough three days I mean every day I was at the phone next to me talking to to school um to the to the scouts talking to organizations and the funny part is that I never got to talk to the White Sox throughout the whole process and so coming in 
on the third day I was already like getting nervous. I was like, maybe, maybe this is gonna be the the chance, maybe and this team is gonna pick me. But um as soon as they I heard my name on the on the on the TV because I had a, we had to set it up in the living room. My whole family and everybody they we started celebrating and we all started tearing up because at the end of the day, like I also put in the work when it comes to the grind and waking up every day, practicing every day. But I also have to give credit to to my family as well that they also supported me. They came to the games. They the times that I maybe I had to talk to someone on the phone, I can just go and talk to them and and having that support, I say that that it made me it made me who the way that I am and and I'm very thankful for also my family and everybody that that supports me. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, family is uh, is everything in this world, especially with, you know, going through the, the career journey that you had going, you know, coming over from a different country and just moving your way. It's, it's, it's difficult. So I'm glad that you had that support system. And that sounds like the draft experience, while it was scary, uh, ended up being a really good outcome for you. Uh, so then once you were drafted by the White Sox, you uh, you played in 21 games at the end of the season. You had a 288, 382, 485 slash line. So pretty, pretty good numbers. You know, only 21 games. Obviously, it's a small sample. But what was it like for you kind of playing in Arizona a little bit and then making your way to Kannapolis towards the end of the season and kind of just meeting all your, you know, the other draft picks and just getting uh, acclimated to the organization the last few months of the summer? So the funny part is that as soon as we got to draft camp, um, there was already like four or five guys that I already played with um during summer ball and yeah. So coming in also feel a lot more comfortable, like knowing the guys already. Um, we're all going through the same thing. So I didn't feel I didn't feel like I was alone. And from the start, everybody from the draft class, um, we all got together, like we all like made a good friendship. And I mean, starting off in rookie ball. Uh, I, I thought it was going to be a little different when it came to college or when it came to the, to, to the transition, to the, the change of being a professional, but I'll say that the preparation was very key and I kept that same routine and I kept the same preparation mentality going into, to pro ball. And even in rookie ball, I even felt more comfortable than I did when I was in Florida Gulf Coast, just because I wasn't even doing homework. I wasn't worried about other things. Right. So my full like 100% focus was on baseball and fielding, hitting, and even talking talking to the coaches on things that I can even work on and improve. So going into rookie ball, it felt it felt very comfortable. It felt very good. good. But going into Canapolis, that's when you that's when you see a big change, and then now you see a lot of fans, and then you see um, a bunch of guys that you you can tell that hey they're go Glovers or there were few headers and pitchers that got different five pitch mix. Um, but I like that. I like that because that's that's the competitive that I want. I want the competition to get better because it makes me feel it makes me a better player as well. Yeah, you got to compete to keep up with it, right? And that's every level you go up in the minor leagues. It's the it's a new acclimation process to getting used to the the next level of competition. Uh, let's talk a little. Let's get into the baseball part of things. We're talking a lot. It's been great. But uh, so what a uh, tell us a little bit about your just hitting approach at the plate. Um, you know, you had a you hit for a lot of power and a lot of average throughout college. Um, so what are some of the key things you kind of try to hone in on at the plate and things that you have been working on? You know, in the last season to adjust um, if you're changing anything in your swing or just the way you're approaching pitches. 
So my approach is I don't I don't basically sit on pitches. I I know the majority of the guys they they pick counts to like sit on the pitch, but I I sit on zones and basically when it when it comes to a right-handed pitcher, I kind of like set my eyesight to top like up and in of the zone because I feel like that's where the ball is gonna come in, either if it's a curveball or a fastball is gonna come in on that specific area. So if I if I see the ball is gonna start during that zone on that location that I'm looking at, then I know it's gonna be a pretty good pitcher that's gonna be in the zone that I can just get have a good damage. Same thing with lefties. I have the same approach. I look at up and away instead of up and in, because then I, that's where the ball is gonna come in as a left-handed pitcher. And same thing, like if I know it's gonna start in my in my location or my area, then I know it's a pretty good pitcher that I can make damage. But if it if it doesn't start in that area, then that's what I know that I can just spit on the pitch, or I can just maybe it could be a strike, but it won't be the pitch that I want to swing at. So it's just maybe trusting the process, trusting the my approach, and especially when it comes to hitters count, that's when you that's when you need to take advantage of of swinging for the fans or having that pretty good like strong swing. But that's basically it. I mean, learning also with a bunch of veterans in Puerto Rico, I, I heard their different approaches and, and I can just add that to, to my, to my game as well. Yeah, that's cool. That's interesting. You said that about not kind of sitting on any pitches um, along those lines, I guess, even if you're not sitting on a pitch, is there any pitches that as you got your first taste of professional ball last year, is there any types of pitches that you would struggle with more or others that you liked, you kind of found yourself being more comfortable hitting? So, I mean, I'll say just, the splitter, man, that that mm, pitch, I I didn't see it much during college yeah. and going into pro ball. I, a lot of guys throw they throw it and they throw it pretty good. It was it's not like it's average or it's not that it's below average. It, it, everything is amazing. That's also you got to give credit to the pitcher. I mean, they work as hard as I do, so everybody's working for for the same goal as to make it to the big leagues and. I mean, the splitter is something that I've been working on throughout this offseason as well. And is those are pitches that you don't see, I'll say, you don't see as soon as you get to the pro level. And the fact that I was able to see it a lot as well in Puerto Rico, it, it helped me also feel more comfortable now going into spring training and even to the minors as well. Yeah, that's an interesting one. I wasn't expecting the splitter, but that's a, that's true. It's not something you always see earlier in there, early in the baseball life as opposed to later on. It's a, it's definitely more prevalent at the professional level. Um, looking over to the other side of the ball a little bit, you played mostly shortstop in college, I believe, and you kind of came in as a shortstop. You played second base, though, um, in your time in Kannapolis. How is your comfort level at short versus second, um, and is there anything you're working on kind of adjusting defensively as you as you keep learning at the next level? So basically, one one. One goal that the White Sox wanted me to have is just to become an everyday player when it came to second base, shortstop, or even third base. So the fact that I'm able to, to feel comfortable at those three positions, it, I would say is a, is a good privilege to have just because I can just move around the whole infield. And it doesn't matter where I stay or where I'm going to be at. I'm always going to give my 200%. And what I love is, this is so different in every position that maybe it, you don't see it in the outside, but as a player, it's so different. So you kind of like inter you're a little bit more entertained that that oh then I'm the other side of the field, so now I can worry about this, this, and that. Or whenever I'm in the left side of the field, uh, 
I need to worry about other different things. And it's the fun part about the game. I, I see it like a fun thing. I mean, being able to be around the whole infield, it, it makes me, it, it's kind of special for me because you I get to experience every position at the pro level. And the fact that I'm already able to, to be like pretty, feel pretty comfortable at those three positions, it, it makes me feel good coming in. There is not much difference, but I feel, I feel pretty good whenever is at either position. Yeah, that's great. I mean, the versatility is only going to help too. I think that's something that you're seeing in, in the modern game more than ever is players in the big leagues who they become valuable in part because they can play four positions, three positions, whatever it might be. And that's something that is going to continue to become more and more important the way I see it. So it's awesome that you're getting work at all three of those spots. Um, and I think it's going to be valuable as you continue to to grow. Um, let's talk a little bit of off the field stuff. Are you, is there anything that you kind of, I mean, obviously baseball has been a huge part of your life and is the focal point of everything you do. Uh, but is there anything off the field that you particularly enjoy to do when you've got some free time or when you're with your family or friends? So I, I'm really into the nutrition side of like when it comes to food or I'm very, I'm very passionate when it comes to the body, like whatever you feed your body, how your body's going to react to it. And I'll say like cooking, um, that's that's a fun that's a fun thing that I like to do also um just basically spending time with my family I like to play dominoes with one of my family I mean it's kind of like a Puerto Rican thing that we like to do and it's it's fun I mean um I even my grandpa he growing up when I was in Puerto Rico he showed me a little bit of playing guitar so here and there like I whenever I'm bored or something I just entertain myself just playing a guitar um, little things like that, I mean, keeps me like sometimes off of baseball a little bit. Sometimes people get to focus so much on baseball that they even forget about the outside. Like you said, like having fun or even enjoying a little bit of time with your family. That's that's a cool thing. And even with my friends, I also do the same thing that I do with my family, play dominoes or even cook with my with my friends, the barbecue, grilling, just spending time with them is, is the fun part. It's awesome. It's important to keep that balance, right? You can't get your brain uh, too locked in on one thing or else you're going to burn out. Um, what are some of your, what's, what's one of your favorite recipes that you make or your family makes? So the famous recipe that I do with my mom is called, I I don't know how to say it in English, but it's called like, it's kind of like a lasagna. Like, okay. Um, But instead of you using pasta, you use plantains. Nice. That sounds good. Maintains as layers and then the ground beef and then you add some eggs as well to keep it all together. Um, it's great. called like pastelon, pastelon, but I mean nice. I don't know how to really say it in English. No, that's that's we got we got it right there. That's good. <laughs> that sounds good. But, but that's kind of like my favorite, my favorite one that I that I do with my family. Nice. And, and of course the uh, the ribs whenever you make them and the, in the grill. Anything, anything related to steaks, I love it. I love it. <laughs> Sounds like I need to come over for some food. Um, yeah. <laughs> let's uh, let's dive into the the off season a little bit. So since the your first professional dive, you know this this winter, I know you were playing in Puerto Rico a little, and you were also back there for a while. What was uh, what was the off season training like, and kind of how were you able to keep your your body rolling throughout this winter? So I mean, playing in Puerto Rico was a it's a huge thing, and I think. It really helped me a lot just to grow as a player. I like I to like I didn't have a professional season season until I got to to Puerto Rico, and I I was lucky enough to play throughout the whole year um, as a rookie, and then playing with ex big leaguers and even big leaguers that right now that 
that it's man it's unbelievable and i was pretty i was good enough to even make it to the oscar game as well and we got to travel to dr and i got to play against robinson cano i got to meet pedro martinez nelson cruz all those legends man that that then even yadi molina was, was my head coach going into to the oscar game and even listening to little things that they would tell me and like little advice and and just having that whole environment of professional and i mean like I'm very happy and lucky enough to experience that in such an early stage of my career that I can just carry that and bring it with me um, through the minor leagues and even help out my teammates as well when it comes to things that I struggle through throughout that I that I did in Puerto Rico that I maybe they're gonna struggle with it in the minors, but I can tell them and or help them advise them ways that they can just get better. But I mean, staying healthy was the main thing that I learned, and also maintaining that same routine having a routine waking up every day showing going up to to lift in the morning I mean, little things like that i mean being around such a like a good environment it, it feels so good and and i'm very happy that i i was able to have that experience in puerto rico that's awesome that sounds like a great experience i mean like, being around players like that that you mentioned is i mean completely invaluable at that point really just uh something you'll you'll remember i mean for a long time right yeah exactly um so looking into this season you know this is your first full season you'll probably spend some time in Canapolis. you know hopefully things are gonna go well you'll get to move up the ranks eventually is there anything that you on the field or just in your mentality the big goals you have um, for this first season so there's something that I that I do before every season. I I admit it in college is I write down the every goals that I every goal that I want on a piece of paper, and even though I'm struggling or even though I'm not having a good week or or anything, I just I remind myself. I look at the piece of paper and I remind myself why am I doing this and what what's my goal or what, what am I trying to pursue, and that kind of helps me coming in. And obviously, I set high standards. For example, I can put in that I want to have a triple crown. Like I want to be able to to have a pretty like pretty good average, pretty good home run, like good amount of home runs, good amount of RBIs. It is not just about my individual stats, but it's also about like making it to the playoffs or um, winning the championship. I really don't know how the minor league um, playoff thing work, but if we have a chance to even make it or win it. I mean, that's that's something that I want to experience and be able to do, especially with the with the guys that we just drafted. I mean, those guys, I'm sure we're going to be together most of the time. So it's going to be a pretty fun group of guys that, that we're going to be playing with together and and even meeting other players in, along the way. Um, that's also one of the goals. I want to get to know more guys in the White Sox organization ask them their experience getting to learn little things because maybe they're they have they they've been in the in the professional level for longer than i've been so i just trying to keep and grab everything that i can learn from them and, and just take it with me throughout my whole career yeah that's the right mindset right there well i can tell you for sure that a lot of white Sox fans are excited to see what uh, you've got in store this season and just see uh where you go from here so uh, we really appreciate you taking the time to talk with us and uh thank you for everything and we're looking forward to to watching you play this year yeah we'll see each other in arizona maybe sounds we can, great i can show you some meals some recipes that i that I can there you go <laughs> sounds good man thank you